Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Low and Zo Show. All right. <laughs> Today, we're getting right into it. We're getting down and dirty into all the dating drama and the villainization of men. We're going to talk about it all. Basically, we're going to dig up a bunch of stories that we know that we're not the only people out there who have suffered from in the past. We're, and- we're kind of, we just spent like a half an hour trying to decide what exactly we're talking about because there's so much yeah. here to um get through i think but we're basically recording this episode as the episode that we wish younger versions of ourselves had had access to over all of these bs i feel like we should just mark this as explicit now because we're definitely going to be swearing like yeah. we're passionate about this but um yeah just like decoding so much of the BS, dating, drama, stories we create, paradigms that we create for ourselves, beliefs that are generally accepted by like all of womankind and mm-hmm. mankind as well. I think it's going to be able to go back and forth. But um, and we hope that this is going to be so I mean, so we basically can... want to dig it all out, look at all of our shit and create a powerful new story for all of us out there. Yeah, and it's really going to be coming from two women who have spent, you know, the last 10, 12 years undoing a whole bunch of bullshit that is widely believed to be true and we're really, really over it. So So over it. Let's get started. (laughs) I'm Lo. And I'm Zoe. And this is The The Lo Lo and Zoe Zoe Show. Show. We're coaches and entrepreneurs who firmly believe that an abundant mind is the key to an abundant life. On this podcast, we're going to be talking everything from how to manifest more money, travel, success in business and beyond, to overcoming the blocks that are holding you back, to rewiring your brain so you can easily attract whatever it is you want the most in life. If you haven't already, be sure to join us inside our Facebook community, Abundant Mind Tribe, for daily tips, mindset hacks, manifesting tricks, and more that'll allow you to build the confidence you need to manifest the abundant AF life you deserve. Now let's get started. All right, you guys. So um, this is an episode that Zoe and I wanted to do because we've talked a lot about things that we've manifested into our lives in the way of, you know, travel and our dream homes and successful businesses and big money months and all of that kind of stuff. And one thing that we only started talking about in season two was, you know, manifest manifestation and love really and our dating lives and the things that we've really had to overcome we started the season off with two episodes with uh our our friend coach dan who's a relationship coach um and since then zoe's been really willing to make herself vulnerable and talk about some of the things that she's had to overcome and um i mean i haven't i just haven't been dating (laughs) i've been sort of in this place of like it's just easier not to deal with that side of my life slash COVID slash whatever. Um, But the reason that we haven't spoken about it as much as some other things is because Zoe and I, I think, think very similarly or have had very similar thought patterns and old stories when it comes to men and dating and relationships and old patterns of, you know, meeting someone and developing feelings for them and then just moving into this place of attachment and anxiety and every time we do open up and talk about this a lot of you guys tell us about how much it resonates with you and so today we wanted to kind of we wanted to talk about sort of the overall 
like messaging out there. messaging out there which is total bs and and really like the damage it kind of did for us and our belief systems around love and relationships but also kind of how we develop some of these patterns and beliefs and needs and um you know old just traumas and things like that and then kind of finish it off with a reprogramming of your mind slash telling a new story slash creating a paradigm where men or just people of the opposite sex or I mean, people that you are romantically interested in uh, get to show up differently for you and get to show up however it is that you decide that they do and the work that we've both done in order to, you know, move into that space. Yeah. And like we always tell you guys, you are the creator of your reality. Mm -hmm. So at the end of this podcast, we hope that you find clarity in exactly what it is that you want to create when it comes to love in your life, whether you're in a relationship right now, you're single, you're dating, um, wherever you're at know that you can create the love story of your dreams the one that resonates the most with you and feels the most fulfilling yeah and uh so i think we want to start this off by talking about you know some of zoe and i's patterns or even things that we've been kind of duped into believing since our young well i would say like my late teens um and I mean, there's a lot of books out there. I'm trying to decide like where it started for me. I think I always had a fear of rejection. I mean, and don't we all? Mm -hmm. And probably a fear of abandonment too. Um, Zoe has a lot of like, you know, things that have happened and you've had things happen in the past that you've spoken about that are very, you're very clear about where some of these like beliefs about yourself or fears or, um, you know, like trauma that's happened in the Mm -hmm. past for me I've done a lot of self-development work and really looked into my past for ways in which I've I've you know developed certain insecurities that would later have me show up in a certain way in regards to dating and relationships which would then have me be 32 and single which is not a bad thing at all Um, I'm not saying that from a place of like oh my god this is why I'm 32 and single I'm saying there's been work for me to do so that I could have the love and the life that I really really wanted and I've been willing to do that work you know and it's not pretty yeah <laughs> always but it really has been very liberating and I know that if I hadn't been willing to do it I just wouldn't have had ever access to a the fulfilling relationship that I know that I'm worthy of that I know is available to me and that I know people do find when they are willing to go to work on themselves so I mean if someone was to ask you Zo, like tell me about your love life over the last three decades or however long um and kind of what has gotten you to where it is that you are now and like you spoke a few episodes ago about dating someone uh last year who and just like all of the anxiety that that brought up for you and the attachment and the you know just everything that we go through when we really like someone and we're not sure where we stand (laughs) yeah yeah I think it's interesting because I was very fortunate in high school uh, because I started date my first real boyfriend, my first long-term relationship was my best friend. It was like we met at summer camp. We lived down the street from each other in the same neighborhood. We rode bikes all the time. We played basketball. And then when we got to high school, we were in, we became in a relationship and he was my best friend. And that was one of two relationships, like the um, serious relationships that I've had in my life. And I was fortunate because I believe that that one was very special. I'm not going to, you know, I have recognized some of my patterns and toxic behavior that I've had and that I've attracted in my life, but I don't believe that that relationship uh, carried that. I think I was very fortunate to have such a loving partnership in my life at a young age. Uh, But then after we broke up, 
um, I uh, moved to Toronto and shortly after that was when I started to, uh, I guess I attracted someone who was very uh, toxic mm-hmm. and abusive. And before I knew it, I found myself in that. And I think in that relationship, it was interesting because I felt like I got sucked into it. it. I didn't like this person right off the bat. I don't know why somehow I just found myself into a relationship. There was abusive behavior, manipulation, manipulation things like yeah. that. But I realized in that relationship that... I didn't like where I was at, but I didn't feel like I could leave. Like, I didn't know if I could do better. Like, I was, um, you know, you kind of get talked down to a lot in these toxic relationships. Like, you know, if you break up with me, like, no one's going to like you. And if you break up with me, this is going to happen. If you break up with me, that's going to happen. And, you know, when I broke out of that, um, and that was a that was a whole series of events but and I have been very open about it in my book and on my YouTube channel if you guys are curious about that and coming out of an abusive relationship I'm not going to get into it uh in today's podcast so much but when I came out of that relationship a lot became clear to me but when it comes to the world of manifestation and that you create everything I knew that I created everything but I wondered why did I create this abusive relationship when all I ever romanticize and think about is being like in love and this idea of love? I love love. So why did I attract such a toxic chapter into my life? And I, I couldn't put it to rest and I couldn't understand it. There was all these missing pieces for me. But over time, and I think moving to Italy, I was able to like heal myself, be able to just kind of love on myself a lot more. I didn't date for quite some time after that relationship because I was too scared naturally Mm -hmm. and I think that's because I had a lot of personal work to do um but then when I moved back to Toronto and I did my life coaching course I then realized like the reason why I attracted that abusive relationship into my life was because there was patterns in my subconscious mind around abuse and the abuse I dealt with with my mother that actually had to come into my awareness so that abusive ex-boyfriend was a mirror to me for a bunch of inner work that I had to do to really step into my worth and set energetic boundaries and precedents that I wasn't going to be treated like that anymore I wasn't going to tolerate that and I would be able to recognize that and when I started to you know dive more into this and become more open to relationships and dating I would say last year was the first time I since being out of uh that toxic relationship like uh six years ago now I actually opened up my heart to someone or thought that I did Mm -hmm. (laughs) and this this went on for over a year with this person it was a roller coaster of emotions but it was what did that look like? It looked like an ayahuasca ceremony. <laughs> no, I mean, I always, we always, I always joke with Zoe that everything to her, she's like, it's just like a, an ayahuasca ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> but I say that because what, what this person was to me, I feel like we should give him a name because like, what um, his name be? Ben. Ben. Okay. Yeah. Ben. So know. Ben was such a mirror for all of this work. And I was so drawn to him for some reason because he was drawing out all of these inner wounds and the subconscious patterns and the stories that I had to look at stories like a fear of rejection stories of a fear of abandonment um just a lot of toxic stuff which 
I didn't know existed to be honest because I never took the time to look at that part of my life I you know I dated a little bit in Italy but I was very flighty with everything that I was doing I wasn't allowing myself to like really open myself up and finally I felt like I liked someone and then all of that came to the surface so what I mean by it looked like an ayahuasca ceremony is like all my stories all my bullshit came to the surface for me to look at and I was so like it was a roller coaster and it was such um attraction and repulsion energy with this person that's what I meant is like like physically what did your like interaction or relationship with him look like yeah um so you know we were friends for a few years before we were like romantically involved and I think it's important to address that because we met very serendipitously Mm -hmm. as I have with other men that I've been involved with in the past and I think there's something to be said about the way that these things happen there's these synchronistic coincidences the universe has divinely chosen people and put them in your path to learn specific lessons like you know there's no way out and I always had this sort of connection with him or like a crush on him I guess you could say and we always had really great conversation every time I was around him I felt amazing and then as soon as we got romantically involved and like you know we moved it out of the friend zone I guess you could say was when the attachment started yeah and that's a big part of what we want to talk about today is this pattern of when you're in that space of like you're seeing someone and it's not a full-on relationship because you know there's a transition period Mm -hmm. and how to stay out of fear yeah because that's been my pattern too Mm -hmm. is like this it's funny because I'm so I actually really enjoy being single like and Mm -hmm. and I don't mean that I mean like I like my own time I like complete freedom I like not having to think about anybody else Um, but I will meet someone and even and I the first thing I do is romanticize the whole thing in my mind it's not even about the other person it's about what I how I perceive it Mm -hmm. and then what happens is I get to this place of attachment really really quickly like it's as soon as I decide I actually like this person I move into this place of attachment of and and I think for me what that is is like uh if they're not interested Mm -hmm. what does that mean about me it means and and this is where like people just confirm for you what you have going on subconsciously Mm -hmm. right what it means about me is that I'm not desirable enough I'm not good enough I'm not pretty enough I'm not what you know blah 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 blah, whatever it is for you and and a lot of the time those stories come from you know past trauma uh things in our past I think for me some of it came I I actually I mean this is one thing to say is like Zoe is very clear on the trauma that led to some of your beliefs for me I searched and searched and searched I had a like really wonderful upbringing with you know just a very loving family um I don't know where some of these stories started about not being desirable or not being good enough and it and so I just continuously attract people who confirmed that for me yeah and it was like the worst thing that could ever happen and so I and and this is still there's still remnants of this and I'm really like working through it right now um but basically it's like I'll have any level of attraction to someone and if it's like mutual at all I get into this place of attachment where I'm so fearful that he might leave or he might reject me and it's not about that other person it's about like having those deep-seated fears that you have about yourself be confirmed and then what we do is we villainize the other person right and we say all these horrible things about men or about women when really all it is is that they had no choice but to 
show up for you the way that you expected them to, right? Or the way in which you were like we like everything is just a, a mirror. Everyone is our mirror, mm-hmm. right? So if I have a fear that I am, you know, not good enough or not desirable enough, um, other people are going to reflect that back to me. They really, that's just how, that's yeah. the whole, you know, that's just the world that we create. We create a paradigm in which our beliefs are reflected back to us. And then we hate those people for it. Yeah. Right. And I want to ask you, Lo, like in your dating history, when did you become aware of all the stories? Like how did that awakening happen for mm-hmm. you? Because for me, my awakening was literally last year. I didn't know. I was like trying to figure it out. I'm like, why doesn't dating work for me? Why doesn't it feel good? And then I attracted a person into my life who just reflected brought all of that all. back to yeah. brought it all to the surface for me. But what what does that awakening process look so, like for you? So I um, got really into when I was in my sort of like early 20s. I've mm-hmm. been sort of in this place of like, how come like guys don't seem to like me very much? Or if I like the, my story, this was my story. If I like them, they don't like me. Yeah, yeah. And of course I had, I had there too. were, yeah, there were exceptions to that. Um, I had a long-term boyfriend who's still a good friend of mine when I was in Australia. Um, and it was like, I had an, a level of unattachment because I was leaving the country when I met him. And so we like fell in love and, you know, had like, yeah, still a good friend of mine I'd also had relationships with people who I just like wasn't I loved them and they were wonderful people but Mm -hmm. I wasn't like really really in love with them and so again there was this level of unattachment I didn't actually like if they I was good either way Mm -hmm. right but in any other situation where I actually liked someone I was not good either way I was not good Mm -hmm. with the idea of them leaving and it's still this thing that is coming up right now for me where I'm really really aware of it and it kind of inspired our whole talk today and and it's very and Zoe has the same thing right as soon as I like them they're gonna leave and and what that is and we talked about this with our uh with our sorry conversations with Dan Mm -hmm. our two episodes that we did is that you get into this fear. It's not, that story is not actually true. If I like them, they don't like me. And that's what the like dating books tell you, right? A man wants a woman who just is like not very available or men love bitches or Mm -hmm. the manual, all of these. He's just not that into you. Those books really like fucked me up. To be honest, I created stories around, Mm -hmm. I believed those things. Um, but when did you break out of that? Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So I'm getting to that. So, um, so it's not actually that, you know, if I like a guy, he doesn't like me. Mm -hmm. It's that if I like a guy, I move into fear of all these things that all these books have told me. So I started like kind of becoming more into, I mean, you could still call those books self-development. So I started kind of looking for reasons as to like, why am I, am I just really unattractive? Mm -hmm. Like that was honestly like in my early twenties, that was the belief. I'm not attractive to the other, (laughs) the opposite sex. Um, I once I sort of awoke to like the world of manifestation, which was um, like almost four years ago now, three and a half years ago. That was when things started to make a lot of sense to me. And I was like, you just don't have an acceptance for yourself. Really? Mm -hmm. You don't have in that area of your life. You don't have very much self-worth and people are reflecting that back to you. So I started becoming more aware of that. Um, you know, through like as soon as I got into the law of attraction stuff, because that was actually one of my like big breakthroughs mm-hmm. was like, oh my God, it's not that you were ever not attractive to the opposite sex because I've, I've never had a heart. Lots of people, <laughs> I don't know how to say this without sounding weird, but 
lots of people have fallen in love with me when I didn't love them or when I was unattached. Like it still happens to me where if I'm dating someone and I'm like, yeah, he's great, whatever. They're like, okay, but when are we in a relationship though? Yeah. You know? So, and, and I've had like multiple guy friends of mine in my past tell me they had feelings for me. Like, so anyway, so it was like, once I got into the world of attraction, it was like, oh, your beliefs create your reality. And so because you have a belief that if you like someone, they're going to run or they're not interested in you if you like them too much, that's being reflected back to you. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't as simple as like turning that off. You know, um, it wasn't yeah. as simple as like, oh, well, now I know that. And so now I just won't move into fear as soon as I like someone. <laughs> yeah. And it's because these patterns run so rampant in our subconscious mind for the majority of our life. That's why I think they're so they're the hardest ones to break and rewire because they're so deep. It's that. And it's also that for me, I didn't make it a big priority because I was so focused on my business. Mm -hmm. So I and this is like one thing Zoe and I have really realized is that over the last few years and specifically the last year year and a half we've both really gone to work on our beliefs in our business and feeling worthy of money and feeling worthy of you know the clients that we want and the lifestyle that we want and so I've seen huge results and we both have in that area but I've kind of neglected this other area of my life mm -hmm. where it's just been easy for me to put it on the back burner and every once in a while I meet someone and it all comes bubbling up to the surface I feel shitty for a while and I'm like oh that wasn't nice I'm just not gonna date <laughs> yeah yeah right and so like I mean it's really liberating to know what the work is but when you're in the work oh god it it's is, awful it's it's <laughs> It is off. I spent last year with Ben in in the work <laughs> all the time. You it, can definitely. Okay. Uh, what the experience is like, and I'm sure we have listeners who can resonate with this. It's like something overtakes your brain yes. and you like. It's a stress it's, response. It's a stress response of like, I am so subconsciously fearful of this person confirming for me these things that I'm afraid of that might be true about me that like everything is controlled when do I text him what do I say um and it's like it's this really ugly place that my mind goes and I swear it's like I do, I'm not even myself and actually I was dating someone like back in November December um and it was it was it actually taught me so much about energy but it was like I was kind of unattached he was really like wanting to like lock it down really quickly it kind of freaked me out a little bit mm -hmm. um but as soon as it became real for me as soon as I decided I actually do like this person I could see something it was like this flip switched and I spiraled downward honestly within a number of hours he started showing up different or he was like in the morning talking about how he wanted to go on a trip together invite all his friends and in the evening I wasn't hearing back from him like that was how quickly my energy just switched how or changed how he was showing up that was how quickly and it was like I spent an entire weekend which happened to be the weekend that Tara flew in and fell in love with Trev <laughs> So like in half of my apartment, they're like falling madly in love and making plans to spend the rest of their life together. And in my room, I'm like, I couldn't even recognize myself. Like I couldn't even have a conversation with, with people. It was like, I, we would, the three of us would go out to dinner and I would just sit like gazing off. It's like, I was in such fear, like paralyzing fear of like, now I like him. He's going to leave. You know, he's feeling my energy. Look, he's already showing up differently. And it was it was really ugly like and it, it's these obsessive thoughts and you feel them so deeply in your body like it is your body goes into that stress response which is fight or flight with yep. the stress response if you dig 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 and like sift through your mind like if you if you want to do that 
basically the body thinks that it's going to die if it doesn't get validated or if it doesn't get what it wants. Like the ego or right. like the ego That's mind it felt like. thinks it's not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like in any time when, um, you know, when I, when Ben pulled away last year yeah. and, I, and I would go there for days, I would be in that place of like, how do I get, I've, I've recognized this place. I've been in this place before. How do I pull myself out? I can't pull myself out. And it was it's traumatic Ugh. to live like that for like that's why yeah. you know no wonder we put this shit on the back burner yeah. because it's hard work yeah and i and honestly i think what like the majority of people do is they settle not the majority a lot of people if they have this same kind of pattern what they do is they settle for less than what they want they settle for a relationship where they're not confronted by all these things right and yeah. they might find someone that they really love you know um but it, it's not someone who like brings all this stuff up, right? I mean, yes. that's my belief because I have been, and, and some people might say with the right person, this stuff doesn't come up. And I don't, that might be true. I, I don't know. Um, in my experience, if I, if like the level of passion and love that I really want is not there, I don't have to deal with these things. Yeah, definitely. And what, what I think we have, both intended for and as we naturally do this deep inner work we need to attract counterparts who are doing that deep work who can have vulnerable deep conversations to actually fulfill us whereas yeah. you know i would say the guys that we chose to date last year were more interested yeah. in surface level relationships and the depth that we carried and you know put, try, drew out in them scared them yeah that's exactly what happened and they were in yeah. fear um something that you said before we got on was like when you are when your body's in a state of stress your mind searches for a thought to match it yes. right so you move into this place of fear and then and i noticed myself doing this recently i was like literally making up stories in my head about someone mm -hmm. where it was like well he's probably talking to other girls or he's probably and then what i do is i start getting like emotionally involved with these make-believe stories that are not even real mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. but I start to literally be angry and and it's like and I'm a very aware person I'm aware of the fact that I'm doing this I can watch myself doing it and yet it's like this spiral and actually Dr. Joe does talk about this quite a bit where it's like you it's like this vicious circle of like you have the emotion or the thought and that sparks another thought or the emotion and they feed off of each other to the point where you're like in this place of just like, it's really. <laughs> and it's the negative payoff because you want to be right. The yes. ego, the righteous ego wants to be right. That like it wants to protect you from the deep love and like all that connection. And so it will make the stories in your mind where you go searching for evidence, create all this uh, fantasies or catastrophes really in your mind yeah. ab about this person so you can villainize them, so you can be right that it's not good for you to search for love. Yes, and then from there, which is a thing that I really wanna talk about, is this culture, especially online and on Instagram, there's mm -hmm. whole accounts devoted to this, where men are wrong because mm -hmm. they're untrustworthy, they're assholes, they cheat, they only want one thing, blah, 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 and we feed into 
this story or we we have you know not everybody but we have experiences that support these stories and and I and the reason that like this became so aware for me is like one some of my own experiences I mean I've always been very blessed even the guys who leave they've I've always really attracted like beautiful men to be honest like really caring compassionate sensitive guys I'm like very very um I don't know grateful for that Mm -hmm. uh what was I saying about that? But, uh, but I used to do lashes and I had a clientele of like a hundred women and the number of them that would come in and lay on the table and talk about how much they distrusted men or how guys were this and they're just dumb and they can't be trusted. And it was really quite, I mean, I, even at that point of not being super self-aware of all this kind of stuff, still at that point felt like, Oh, this is a really, you know, toxic energy. If you want to find love, what good does it do you to affirm these things about men? And sometimes it wasn't quite that, um, you know, quite that ugly or quite that extreme. It might just be like, oh, well, you just know about guys. They do this or that. Or And, and I'm sure that like there's, I, I have guy friends who have said similar things about women as well. It goes both ways. But we perpetuate these stories that are really based on our own insecurities and the own, our own like lack of self-worth where we need other people to show up for us, to love us because we're not doing it for ourselves. And then we make other people wrong for that, for that lack of work that we're doing, right? And then we perpetuate it as if it's true, which it's not, by the way, there's millions, hundreds (laughs) and millions of beautiful men who want to be in relationships, who worship women, who are respectful and kind and compassionate. Trust me, they are out there. And if you start affirming for that, watch how quickly they start showing up for you, right? Every paradigm is available. You get to choose mm-hmm. which one you're in. Yeah. And and I find that to be like a really, if you're feeling disempowered about your dating life, write a list of what you love about men or what you love about women. Or write ideal, write and I a list of your ideal person and watch them show up. Yeah, like you can create it. You can create the quantum leap out of the yeah the clear know, yeah the, the contrast yeah. yes yeah out of all of this you know grasping needing roller coastery trauma stress response energy. But I think the first step in that is identifying the role that you've played and not pinning it on anybody else Mm -hmm. anymore taking responsibility for what you've created and what's being reflected back to you because it really it's a gift it really it's a gift well that's one thing um i mean something that happened recently was you saw ben for the first time in a while right um just like as friends like you guys and you were like he was so different because Mm -hmm. you're different right yeah. like you got a different version of him because of the work that you've done on yourself yes um uh i can't remember what i was gonna say about that but but we have to first take responsibility and that doesn't mean we know that like a lot of people have really have had abuse happen have had really really horrible things happen mm-hmm. it's we've said this before about taking responsibility it's not that you're like blaming yourself for what you've attracted into your experience at all no, no, no. it's about saying i am the common denominator in my life and I get to out of this experience or this experience decide what it is that I want and then create a paradigm or an energy you know field or space in which that can then show up yes and looking at that like I said it was it's a gift to have someone in your life who draws this out of you because else you would go about your life and you wouldn't know that these patterns existed in you Uh you wouldn't know that these stories existed and they've been running your life ever since like that's why I asked, like, when did you become aware of the stories? And for mm-hmm. most of us, it, most of us, it is when we dive into this manifestation work, we realize, and then we can move into that place of taking responsibility and not being victim. Because 
for you know your your life prior to that once you understand the stories you can see where you created the stories and what meaning you created and how long you've been holding on to that and when you understand that you can bring the stories to the surface you can dispel them and let them go and you can choose differently yes and sometimes it's as easy as just recognizing the story like i recognized the story last year that i had when i was i was in the shower some these things just pop yeah. up <laughs> and i was like oh i have a story that the guy that I really like doesn't like me back. And it's because I fell for this guy when I was 20 and I like fell in love with him and I would ask him to go on dates all the time and he wanted to, was not interested in me. <laughs> and like played with, played along with me for a while and then just like dropped me. And then I was in my uh, rejection mode about that and I created a story that the guy that I really like doesn't like me back because the one guy that I felt like head over heels for rejected me. And I saw yeah. how that was actually reflected to me any time that I actually felt like I opened up my heart, like I did to like Ben last year, let's say, reflected back to me. I, I never felt like he really liked me, but that was just my story. Like I remember like it was even like six or eight months into this and I'm like, I just don't feel like he likes me. You're like, obviously he does like this, but the story was so in, in my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he, he doesn't like me. Like I was so convinced that he yeah. was not interested in me. Yeah, and this is not to say that like Zoe and I don't like to be right sometimes about or like at least last year like we were both dating people it there's so much payoff in blaming it on the other person oh yeah and you need to vent sometimes let's be honest we're human beings you need to vent you need to get validated for feeling the way that you're feeling so that you can move into a better feeling emotion yeah and I don't think that we need to take responsibility for other people's actions all the time Mm -hmm. it's more like it's more like what is this showing me but there's been lots of situations even you know more recently for me where it's it's like oh well he did this and then you know screw him whatever like that's like our immediate reaction and that's the society that we live in but what I would implore people to you know or how I would implore people to see this instead is like these people are being sent to you divinely Mm -hmm. so that you can learn from what it is that they're reflecting back to you so actually I have a story about this um and I, we, well, we've talked the last couple episodes about like the bridge of incidents and how when you're visualizing what it is that you want, and, and for many people, that's like the love of their life, the work that you need to do will be, be made, it's, sorry, will be made available to you or be, be made very aware by you. So yes. you don't need to like go looking for things that you're not 100% sure if they're even there or what it is that you're looking for. It's as simple as like, this is what I want. And then the universe will start to either it will come up in a conversation with someone where you'll have like an epiphany, it'll be in a book, or you'll start dating someone and you'll become super aware of what it is that you've got going on. And so last year I um, was (laughs) sitting on like a coffee shop patio and I was reading an article about how someone had manifested her soulmate and I was just really like, I don't know, like I, for some reason, the story really moved me. And she said that she'd made this vision board. And in the middle of the vision board, it said an affirmation, which was, don't worry, he will find you. And for some reason, I just like at that time really found this like very, um, I don't know, there was like something really liberating being like, he's looking for you. You need to like, just chill, you know? So I wrote that down in like all capital letters on a piece of paper in my journal and not like. 10 seconds later someone that I already did kind of know but I he hadn't been in my life in any like real like real capacity up until that point walks out onto this patio I hadn't seen him in a couple of years starts sitting down he's like hey how's it going blah 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 and you know him and I did like over the next few months kind of see each other and and 
naturally I like got attached to you know well if he leaves me what is that or if he like rejects me what does that mean about me but really what that was was me setting this intention and tuning into that even just for a couple of seconds you know creating that and the universe immediately being like all right well the first person that's going to show you what your shit is and what you need to work through is coming in hot right now yeah <laughs> here they are right the power of intention yeah <laughs> the power of intention and also like that's when I want to touch on the the serendipity and the synchronous yes. moments because they they won't miss you and you won't be able to you know I remember you recalling that event and holding significance to it because yeah. it was meaningful because yeah. it was you intended something and then well, an it action so happened like, right oh my god what if like within 10 seconds of writing that down he just walked into my life but I mean this is where it comes back to like the bridge of incidents mm-hmm. everything Zoe described in like allowing for I mean the last couple episodes last few episodes we've talked about creating what it is that you want visualizing it and then just being like the active observer of the things that unfold in front of you and not giving any of them significance or not grasping at any of those like you know metaphorical branches along the river that's flowing you down towards whatever it is that you want and that's where in my business, I'm much better at doing that because I've done the work and I don't get attached to, you know, if someone reaches out and says, I want to work with you, I'm like, cool, let's jump on a call. If it's, if it's a good fit for both of us, we'll go for it. And if that person comes in and then is like, give me a couple of weeks, I need to think about this. I'm like, no problem. I don't even think about it again because that person choosing not to work with me doesn't mean anything about me or where I'm going in my business. Whereas someone who comes into my life in a more romantic way, creating a space for them to just, you know, be free has, is not something I've practiced because I'm too attached or have been too attached to what does it mean if he leaves or doesn't ask me out again or whatever. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So, and so like, I'm just realizing what the work is there, but we, we've all been in situations romantically, I feel where someone else is grasping towards us where they're attached to it or they're really wanting to like make it you know they're in this place of lack or fear about it and we know what that feels like it's really like not an attractive energy yeah and you have most definitely been repulsed by that you can see the energy of like attraction and repulsion and those those connections that are that up and down hot and cold cycles that is evidence for a trauma bond or just some deeper work that needs to be done because a partnership doesn't feel that way that's not stability hot and cold up and mm-hmm. down it, roller coaster romance is is not stability is not a partnership can you tell us what a trauma bond is yeah so i mean this is what i discovered last year <laughs> whereas you know i told you i had this like deep synchronistic serendipitous kind of connection unfolding with ben <laughs> where I kept putting a lot of meaning around it. Like, how to, how come the universe lined this up the way that it did? Yeah. It was so magical. And there was these times when we met up and I just felt so good. And I created a lot of meaning around that. I definitely put him on a pedestal because I admired him a lot. And um, there was this connection that just kept drawing me in. And I would say a way to kind of recognize this is like obsessive thoughts or like fantasizing situations, romanticizing situations. And, you know, this went on. And as I said, we, you know, we took it out of the friend zone. We became romantically involved with each other. And then it was this roller coaster of the ups and downs. And what he was showing me and what got brought to the surface was 
my deeper inner work around rejection and my fear of abandonment. I didn't know that these wounds existed. So trauma bonds are built from the wounds. You naturally attract people and you can probably recognize this if you are aware and probably listening to this podcast in those relationships in which you just felt like you were falling head over heels or in love or whatever, having this super deep connection because something inside of you felt so much, but it was the wounds that felt so much. And if you haven't listened to our episodes with Coach Dan, I highly recommend it because, you know, I was silent like most of those episodes because that was when I was realizing I thought that I was, I thought that I loved Ben (laughs) to some extent when really all it was was a trauma bond. And I think it's really... It can be really sad to realize that like you romanticize and fantasize about this connection because it's something feels so deeply inside of you but what feels so deeply inside of you is your wounds and they want to come out and they want to be known and they want to be healed so ben was divinely chosen to be in my life for a year to really show me that so that i could uncover my wounds become aware of them i could do my deeper inner healing work and um allow it to be but you know, a, a trauma bond, you know, I remember this one time we brought it up a couple times on the podcast in which there was this one time when Ben said, you know, I don't know if it's a good idea if we if we see each other anymore because like this is how I'm feeling. And I went into a stress response that lasted like 24 hours mm-hmm. <laughs> where I just immediately felt in my body. First, the, the visceral reaction happens like my chest tightens up. I'm like, can't breathe my heart. Like I'm like, Oh my God. And what I realized was that I was like so upset about this. And I knew that my upset and the thoughts that were obsess- obsessively circling in my mind were was just a lot of fear, a lot of fear. It really felt like I was being abandoned. And that scenario was felt like I was a child and I had nowhere to go and I didn't, like I was going to die. And it really brought to the surface that that was my abandonment wound with my mom was like she abandoned me so all of a sudden I was feeling what I never allowed myself to feel before he drew that out in me cried about it let myself palo santa about it vented to Laura about it coach Dan me got on a call about it and then all of a sudden coach Dan brought me back to myself and he's like what would you say if you weren't in this like stress response and that's when I came back to him I'm like I wasn't coming from love I would have just been coming from fear And then that, I remember that conversation opened up a lot for the both of us because we realized how much we actually fear rejection. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know that that wound was running our Well, and that was something going on for him too, right? Where he was like leaving out of a fear of you rejecting him. Yeah. And I mean, we both, I think both, Ben and I had this thing was like, you can't abandon me if I abandon you first. Yeah. Yet we had this like magnetic connection that was the trauma bond that was like, we just really loved spending time with each other. The way that I kind of like see the trauma bond is like if you have this deep-seated subconscious belief that you're unaware of, it's very validating to get it um, confirmed, yes. basically. Mm-hmm. So if it's like I, when I like someone, they don't like me back or they leave or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then someone confirms that for you. It's like this addiction to getting, you know, attention from that person. Yes because they're like someone that's going to confirm that story for you and you're both doing it for each other yeah which is very interesting when you're in these relationships because it's an up and down roller coaster and you know that that's the same thing on the other side if they're hot and cold if you're hot and cold attraction repulsion yeah yeah and one thing like zoe and i um have discussed a lot is like 
had you shown up in that relationship in complete love, would he have had no choice but to reflect that back to you? And I think that if you'd been in complete love, you wouldn't have attracted this person, right? And that's where it's like we can't take full responsibility for everybody's actions, yeah. right? Because just for where you were at, there's a reason this person is no longer in your life, mm -hmm. you know, in that capacity, because of the work that you've done to let go of these fears to the point where like he just can't, He's just not a vibrational match for you anymore. So like, I don't think that you could have like trained yourself into a place of love for this person. I think he naturally could not have like stuck around in that energy, which is kind of what ended up happening, right? Yes. Because it was like too abrasive for where he was at, right? So we like attract people that are in a similar place as we are. And then, you know, we both just kind of bump around for a while and they show up a certain way and we show up a certain way. And like, naturally you have to, do what you need to do to up level out of that to heal whatever that fear is or whatever that trauma is and at that point either that person is going to rise up and meet you but I think what's more likely in that kind of you know dynamic is that they're going to fall away and make room for somebody that's more at that level already yes yes and um there was like near the end of that year I remember this was right after this conversation where I actually had the call with coach Dan and I reflected love back to him when he was actually expecting me to pull away and then this is Ben, right? ben. This is ben. yeah Not coach Dan okay yeah. sorry coach <laughs> I had the call with coach Dan and he trained me on how to come back to to Ben after I was in this 24 hours trust response of abandonment <laughs> and um literally guys I walked into her room and she's crying in bed with Palo Santo yeah like there was like yeah. <laughs> and I remember at the time what you were like, what you were frustrated around was like, you were angry at the universe, which I, I think, which I totally because get. Because I felt like it was a big cosmic joke on me. Yeah. Why would the universe bring this guy back in consistently with all these synchronistic, like I'm telling you, the songs would play all the time, yeah. like crazy shit would happen where I'm like, universe, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> I don't think this is my person. So why do you keep bringing him back? Because there was just more work. There was just more yeah. work. But that's the thing where I kept yeah. shoving this stuff on the back burner and the universe is like, you're calling in big love in your life. So you're doing all this work in a year. Whether you like it or not, you have shoved this stuff down and ayahuasca ceremony is purging it all out. That's, I was just going to say, that's why you said it's like an ayahuasca ceremony. Yeah. It's like, wow, look at all of this bullshit that I have to no deal with. there's no way out. There's no way out. You got to look at all your shit. And so that's why I was like upset with the universe because it felt like a cosmic joke because it was this push and pull energy that I was in. Um, but what I was getting to is I reflected love back to Ben after that situation. And he was so shocked and he came back with love and he was like, wow, I was not expecting you to respond like that. Like you're teaching me so much. And like, I was like, wow, it's working. Like when I actually come from love, I get love reflected back to yeah. me. And so I started coming from love more, like really understanding what that meant as I hung out with him. And then he start, it started to be very abrasive for him. Yeah, yeah. Where I knew that, like, when I was hanging out with him, like, he was actually having, like, a really good time. And then... He'd go away and freak out. He would go away and... Yeah. yeah. And then he started to admit to me that he was freaking out because he said... You know, he would say little things that were evidence for me to understand what his stories were. Like, he'd say, girls like you don't like guys like me. Or, right. like, you're way out of my league. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, you're way too rare or something for me like I don't know why I deserve this and so I could start to understand his evidence I'm like oh wow our stories are very similar but like right you know but and you then were doing away. the work to up level out of that and mm -hmm. he wasn't and he wasn't willing to yeah look at it and it's like everyone's 
perfectly where they're at. Um, But that's why I think, because I remember, you know, as we've talked about in the previous episodes of how you guys can literally attract a specific person and you can change, like Uh you can attract an ex and things like that. Lauren asked me an amazing question, like... I don't know, some point this year or last year, I don't know what year it is. And <laughs> you're like, um, you know, would you, have you thought about creating the love that you want, but with Ben? Like, do you think that's a possibility? And for me, it was like, no, because there was, it was, there was too much resistance around that. You couldn't bring yourself to actually want it. Yeah, I couldn't bring yeah. myself to actually want it because I, you know, now I've done my work and to think about being in a relationship with Ben, like I'm repulsed by it. Like he's a great guy and everything, but just like that, the energy and and understanding and seeing what I went through last year, I am repulsed by that way of being. I would not tolerate that for like, ugh, yeah. anymore. I'm just like, oh my God, the, the amount of anxiety I lived in all the time was not cool. Yeah. Um, But I think like that's when you can kind of understand that the lo- even if you don't know what your greatest love looks like, but you can understand that you want to feel a different way, you want to feel more fulfilled, like, you you don't have to, you know, attract the ex and change that love. You can be open to whatever the universe is going to give you. Like, if you want to attract a specific person, but you don't know who that specific person is, you can just imagine the way that you want to feel, which is fulfilled, stable, that partnership. And you can you can open yourself up to that possibility Versus like feeling resistance and and trying to change something that you've like already previously experienced. Yeah. And I think that like an important step in that is changing the story that you're telling Mm -hmm. about love and dating and men and relationships. Because if you're wanting to call forth a man who is, you know, all of these things on your list and he treats you a certain way and it feels like this and blah, blah, blah. But you believe that men can't be trusted or that's like the that's what you've continued to like affirm and gain evidence for well it's not that you couldn't attract that person outside of that paradigm it's that you would as soon as that person didn't you know fan their affection for you every second of the day you would fall back into the old belief of like well men can't be trusted and that's why he's not texting me right this second or like whatever right so I think that I mean maybe we can give some like not that <laughs> I want to give some dating advice. Um, you know, this is something Zoe and I wanted to record this episode because we believe that this is something we're going to continue developing in and just seeing quantum leaps in. And we wanted to just sort of record, you know, where we're at. I mean, even just listening yeah. to our episodes earlier this year with Coach Dan, I think like there's just so much that has come to the surface since then. Um, but I do want to give kind of advice or just a new way of viewing love and relationships and men slash women um that is the anti you know like men love bitches or any of that bs that's out there which basically says close yourself off don't give him too much affection he'll like you if you don't like him too much or if you like it's just it's all such bullshit too much work you guys it's not being it's doing okay here's the thing i read all those books i implemented all them i'm single (laughs) (laughs) they did not work because it comes from fear and you can only get what it is that you're putting out there so if you are taking all of that advice but it's coming from this place of fear and this is one thing i really learned with like the guy that i was seeing at the end of last year it didn't matter how i was showing up it only mattered the energy that i was showing up Mm -hmm. in right Mm -hmm. the actual like text messages that i sent or what it was that i said didn't matter he felt straight through it and this wasn't someone who like really was into the energy stuff at all but it was like he was like 
something's off between us. And like, if you looked objectively at our text messages, nothing had changed. It was only that I had moved into this space of fear and without even knowing it, he'd felt it. Yeah. Right. So Ooh, that's so powerful. Oh you my guys God, can probably it was really powerful in your own life. Like, you know, it's kind of like you think about someone, they call you or text you, but when you're seeing someone and you're dating, it's like the second that you become detached to like hearing from them, you hear bing, from bing, them. Bing. Yeah. <laughs> And that's that in the, you, you get what you give. So if you're in fear, you're getting fear. If you're in love, you're getting love. And one thing Dan said, coach Dan said was, um, the love that you're not getting is the love that you're not giving. Mm -hmm. Right. So disregard, this is going to be, you know, the anti dating bullshit book that you any of those like he's just not that into you please if you haven't read those don't toss them them, recycle them them or burn them i don't anyways um (laughs) the the less of that stuff that's out there which says in order to have love you need to act a certain way you need to be not too available you need to you know text him back at this interval and you need to like it's all bs it's really do the work so that you get to come from fear or sorry (laughs) You don't have to come from fear. You get to come from love and let go of the fear. You get to come from this place of, you know, regardless of how this person, how long this person is in my life, I'm just going to be appreciative. This like place of I'm good either way. Like I love this person or I appreciate this person. I adore this person. But if it's not in the best interest for both of us for it to continue, then that will be okay. You know, what will it take for you to get to that place? And at that point, you're in this place of love the majority of the time. And guess what's going to show up for you? Love. And that state of love and coming from love feels so good because that is who you are. You are love at your core. And that's why it feels so good to just be who you are and have that be enough. And when you're practicing that more regularly, coming from love, showing up in love in all different areas of your life, you're more connected. Well, and I would I would encourage people to look at what are the areas of your life that are really working for you? Maybe mm-hmm. you've got a business that's working. Maybe you love your career. Maybe you've got great friendships or great relationships with your family. Um, maybe your home life is great, whatever it is. And then look at in that area of your life, what is the energy that you're coming from? Because I can guarantee you that if it's an area of your life that's working, it's because you're showing up with love. Yeah. Right. That was such a like, like, because I was in this mindset for such a long time of, you know, playing games or showing up a certain way. And I finally just realized like all other areas of my life work and they're not areas that I've neglected. They're not areas that I've acted as if I'm not available. They are places where I've shown up and given a ton of love and been myself and had trust and detachment. And guess what? They're all thriving. And then there's one area in my life where I'm like too afraid to be myself and I've got masks on and I have stories and there's conditions. That's the one area that's not working for me. And it's not because I didn't play the game right. It's because I'm coming from fear. Yeah. And I think a powerful visual for that is like those successful fulfilling areas of your life are like gardens and you're consistently watering them, nurturing them, you know, caring for them, loving them. And, you know, just as Lauren, I've told you examples from our life, like last year, the garden was a place where I was not watering it. I was neglecting it. I was fearful of it. I was just leaving that to, um, you know, wilt and fall apart, but I wasn't willing to do any of the work to nurture that area of my life. So all I got was fear. Right. All I got was things falling apart and not knowing what to do. But it's like your business. If your business started to wilt or like 
you wouldn't be started like, to fall apart. You would be right there with yeah. the fucking water guns, like blasting it. Like we're gonna fix this no matter. You wouldn't what. be like, I'm gonna <laughs> pretend to be unavailable to my clients, and yeah. then they'll want to pay me. Like no. no, you would show up and give your appreciation. You exactly. know, you would give your business or your career love, and then you would start seeing that reflected back to you. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, what are our? What does it look like? this new paradigm way of thinking about love and relationships and men um, or people that you're interested in romantically, what does that new way look like that has people feel empowered in creating the relationships and the love that they really want and deserve? Yeah, one thing that comes to mind because I have a few friends who are out there dating right now and they're becoming aware of all their stories Mm -hmm. is Awareness is 90% of the transformation. Yes. So even though the stories are frightening when they come to the surface sometimes and you're aware of them and they start to like obsessively loop around, they're only obsessively looping around so that you can become aware of them and finally dispel them for good. Yep. Right? So the worst part is over. The worst part is you not knowing and those stories running your life. So once they come to the surface, you can just choose to let them go. But also or reprogram that, them. Or, or reprogram yeah. them. But what I was going to say is that be open to people breaking your patterns so be open to because you've done a lot of the work if you've dated or had serious relationships and and gone through breakups you've naturally been sending out those rockets of desire into the universe as abraham speaks about as like what i don't like what i do like what i don't like what i do like the universe is guiding you always it is that loving force that is orchestrating things and it and it knows exactly what you need to learn it's going to put in the right people for you to learn those lessons and trust more in the process you don't have to have it all figured out exactly what you want but be open to breaking the patterns rather than uh, following the thoughts of the stories follow the thoughts and and keep track and hold on to the evidence that someone's breaking your old patterns like I did speak about this example with Ben where I came I showed up in love and he was like wow I was not expecting you to uh, respond like that if somebody is, is shocking you or surprising you with how much they're showing up in a positive way choose to allow that inside don't reject it like spend time as uncomfortable as it kind of is sometimes to let love in as crazy as that sounds just sit with good feeling Mm -hmm. thoughts or good words and really allow them to sink in allow that new way of being those new patterns to to grow yeah i mean this is one thing zoe and i have talked about in the past in regards to daily acknowledgements that we still do which is like and a big part of that is allowing somebody else to highlight the things that they see in you in a positive way and how uncomfortable that can make us. But the more that you practice letting that love in, the more that that starts to be easy for you, the more that you are a clearing or a space for that to show up. And the reason that I just commented on like the reprogramming thing is that for me, like letting it go sounds like this really nice idea that like I can't let go of this pattern of going into the anxiety when I like someone because it's so well programmed for mm-hmm. me it's so like and, and I know that it's there and it's almost like f- it's frustrating to to be like wow you're in anxiety right now wow you're like villainizing this person wow this is like how is this still here and letting it go is like a really nice idea but not something that I can access in the, those mm-hmm. moments um, so for me what it's looking like and what it has looked like is and it's similar to what Zoe was saying it's practicing a new way of responding or thinking which is like so when I like last found myself in this old pattern of moving into fear of rejection and anxiety it looked like you know finding things that I appreciated about that person or um 
choosing to write literally a list of appreciation around the men in my life mm-hmm. or um, even like appreciation for myself or finding a place of worthiness, right? Of like, no matter what, I'm going to be good either way and practicing that until it started to take hold. And I think this is like what so much of our work is about is repetition, is about programming in a new subconscious behavior that's like built in worthiness or built in, you know, like this place of trust, I think, where it's like this person might come into your life. And if you can have trust for the universe that like what you want is not going to miss you and this person is just a step further towards it or closer towards it, there's inherently a lot less of this attachment because we don't need that person to be anything for us other than what they were meant to be. So the more that we can practice that, it's not to say that it comes easy the first few times. It's to say that you change who you are and the way that you habitually think by practicing a new way right yeah so can you find a place of worthiness can you find a place of detachment or appreciation or trust in a place where you previously only knew fear or anxiety mm-hmm. or attachment right and and feel into the feelings that you want to feel like whether you're sitting in meditation if you want to feel love if you want to feel adored if you want to feel worthy like just put your hands on your heart and, and try to channel that energy with within you that's an act of self-love that's feeling your own cup up with mm-hmm. those things that you want to feel and naturally the more and more that you have the ability to feel those things you will attract that in your outer reality yeah so really get in tune with how you want to feel in a relationship you know like i said you don't have to know exactly who that person is what they look like or who you want to call into your life but just how do you want to feel and then just start feeling like that giving yourself permission to feel like that more often than not or just giving yourself permission to feel those emotions for the first time maybe you have never actually sat down in a meditation and said you know i'm gonna love on myself for 20 minutes yeah like i'm just gonna sit there i'm gonna hold my heart and i'm just gonna love myself for 20 minutes and if that brings up resistance for you love on your cat or love on your plants (laughs) or seriously i mean that was something tara said she was doing a lot of before she met trev where she was like she would write like this list of everything she loved about her cat because it it doesn't it's all energy yeah right it doesn't really and for some people if you can love on yourself awesome but Mm -hmm. i know for a lot of people like just that idea is resistance causing right um Whereas I could like write you a list of a hundred things that I love about my plans <laughs> and you can bet your ass that I would get to a place of like love and appreciation and detachment and gratitude and all these things that, you know, will create a different paradigm around me with practice. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then I think like the last thing I want to say is like, can you find a place of gratitude for the people in your life who previously you perhaps, you know, were mad at or made wrong or, or villainized, vil- yeah, villainized <laughs> where it was like, he did this and it was yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's not to say that you have to forgive them for every last little thing that they said. It's that in the spiritual world, you know, if you're on this journey, it's because you are setting intentions and the universe is giving you what it is that you need to get there. It's the gift yeah. of understanding and bringing all of this to your awareness so you can move through it. Yeah, like now, how much gratitude do you have for that guy, you know, Ben, from last year in regards to, I know that it's still, it's not to say that you're like, oh my God, he was just the best thing that ever happened yeah. to me. It's still, there's still things that are triggering to you, but overall, you're like, the universe just chose him. Yeah. And overall, I can look back and I, you know, as much time as I said, I spent in anxiety and all these crazy emotions. I love that human being yeah. for just being who they are, because I would not have been aware of all of the darkness that was 
hidden inside of me if it wasn't for that individual and i'm so damn lucky that he is a beautiful person like like just such a nice person who i spent quality time with that was good um because it could have been someone fucking shitty like my ex <laughs> was an episode like well i mean and i can be grateful for my ex what i'm saying is that i was treated very poorly right. and like he abused me like mentally physically emotionally and that's not something i ever wish upon anyone but the, but the lesson could have come back in a harsher way and it didn't it came back yeah. through someone who was an angel so that's what i'm saying is you know i know i can look back at my visa back thanks for all the lessons i learned so much and i moved to italy thanks for being the bridge of incidents yeah um so i can look back and find gratitude for all of that but what i'm saying is like the, these people are gifts yeah and when they're bringing up especially when you become aware of the wounds like that happened for me last year i was not aware of rejection abandonment my inner wounds i was not aware of trauma bonds any of that stuff but ben brought all of that to the service for me and what a gift that was and even if some of these people you know maybe from earlier on have done really thing like things that have been uh, you know there's a, abuse mm -hmm. that happens it's not it's not that you need to forgive them for every last thing it's that you get to be free and empowered yes. in choosing your perspective on it you right? get to understand the role that they played and how you moved away from that into a better version of yourself who you got to become mm -hmm. as a result and then like i think one last thing that's just coming to mind is like we always get what we focus on right what yeah. you focus on grows so even if you've listened to this and you're already in a relationship spend you know five minutes a day writing down 10 things that you appreciate that about that person watch how quickly about about your significant other significant other watch how quickly they start showing you more of that it's mm -hmm. it's actually pretty wild to watch how we focus on all these things we don't like about certain people in our lives and we make them wrong for it watch how quickly when you start to focus on more of the things that you love about that person you can do this everyone in your life they will show up differently for you it's like you at that point you actually start to feel like oh my god i am god i am the creator <laughs> of my reality <laughs> yeah exactly all right thank you guys so much maybe let us know if you like these longer episodes that we've been doing we did used to always get requests we used to like go to the studio with our sound technician and we'd pump out like six episodes in an yeah. afternoon and they were like 20 minutes long um so season two has been different in i a like good this because we just flow I and know. i know we go down our little rabbit holes and tangents but i also just feel like it's another way for us to just kind of connect more deeply with all of you out there because yeah we're so uninhibited when we show i used I used to be much more like you know structured and closed off being like yeah. more we have to edit that episode i said um <laughs> <laughs> and now we're just free flowing and just allowing it to be what it is so i think we also used to be you know like it's not lost on me that people in my life listen to this <laughs> and i'm yeah. just talking about like all these crazy behaviors i've had in relationships in the past i know that like for both zoe and i the podcast has become just like a safe space where we're like whatever yeah <laughs> we're just yeah. gonna whatever yeah Meh. Yep. yeah um here you go <laughs> yeah at the end of the day we create our own reality and yeah like i always remind myself of that whenever i'm worried about what other people might think or i said something oh that was a bit vulnerable on the podcast yeah. i'm just like oh wait it's just me anyways yeah just, everybody is just a reflection of me yeah just my life mirror. is a perceptual illusion <laughs> you guys aren't even real yeah. just kidding <laughs> just kidding love you guys all love right you. thank you so much we'll talk to you soon bye Thank you guys so much for spending a piece of your day with us and tuning in to The Low and Zo Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to rate it and share on social media. Be sure to tag us. Until next time, stay abundant.